This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, we don't believe in humble, but Dave Chappelle is getting on our nerves. We'll explain. Then blackness, regular black, foundational black, ADOS, Barack, Kamala, and all that in a big conflated nuance lacking sandwich of what does the black diaspora mean today? It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. What's we up? back. We back. We back, yo. We, we back. wasn't doing that long. We're back. We're back. We're back. We How are you back. doing? I am good. I am doing well. Like on a home decor, decorating my apartment high. Feels nice. good. I good. love it. Good. It's a happy place. I really, really enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. What's your favorite thing? Your favorite new thing about your new space? Right now, because it's the most recent, is my new couch. Mm. Um, so cute. Is it's it so velvet? Cute. Yeah, it's so cute. So and cute. um yeah, it's just cute and I love it. I'm excited Beautiful. about that. More things to come in the apartment, but that's the newest thing that like is giving me black ass joy. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Someone had a birthday. How I was did. your birthday? It was good. It was really, really good. I feel grown. Like I will smack your face. Like I have my grown woman arms came in, my grown woman body is here. She I'm like she would have slapped your face. I would have smacked your face before, but now I feel like she I came can out smack the your face faces, with the authority of like just a grown ass. Got bitch, it. Yo. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you just miss people from the room, like grown folks talking. Like that's yeah. how you feel. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, <laughs> grown folks is talking, or like when you used to watch like your your mom or your aunties make potato salad, and like when they were stirring it, and like their arms look like grown woman arms. I feel like I got grown woman <laughs> arms right now, and I'll oh, use them to smack okay. your face because I don't make potato salad. But like that kind of like yeah, that like just... your hands don't even need oven mitts anymore. You just be moving shit. Yes, in the stove. yes, yes. <laughs> I could fry chicken like just with my bare hands. I, I actually I could touch the oil. I could touch the grease. With my fingers to see if it's hot. That's the kind of grown ass bitch that I am right now, yo. I'm a grown That's fucking a level. woman. That's a level. And I will reach. smack your fucking face. <laughs> and I will touch the grease with my hand. I will touch the fire with my hand just to make oh, sure gosh. the fire is hot enough. Because blue is not enough of an indicator of fire for me. I need to touch it and feel it myself. Because I am grown. Okay. Grown. I'm fucking grown. Grown. I'm fucking grown. I love it. So yeah, that's how I feel. It was very contemplative. This was one of those birthdays where I was like thinking about shit, Mm -hmm. thinking about me, thinking about life and all of that good shit. I'm not really one of those people that's hung up on like time and age and all those things. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's like you can't help but just really be fucking introspective and shit. Yeah. And I get it. I'm an introspective ass motherfucker. Yeah. After all of my thinking and analysis... The conclusion is that I'll smack your face. And that's how that's how I feel. I like that. That's how I, like I feel that. about it. Yeah. It feels really good. It feels really good. I had to tell my parents that I would smack their face because even they could get it and even they need to hear it. And they had know? to accept it. Why? Because you grown. Accept, I'm grown. I'll grown. smack your face, yo. Yeah. Remember being a kid and like everybody grown, they just all look the same age? They did. You'd be like, why do grandma <laughs> and mom, y'all just look like sisters like what is this right yeah that's the type of time i'm on yo i will smack my dad in the face right now i will smack your face not for real but metaphorically i will smack your face he hates this podcast anyway so no no he hates he's totally not listening i'm just saying it for the black elders i don't want to get in black elder trouble just in general that's what i'm saying right so i'm not really gonna smack my dad in the face but metaphorically i will smack 
anybody's face. I'm smacking grandmas. I'm smacking older elders, oh older gosh. than grandmas, great grandmas. Okay. I'm Anyone smacking aunties, it. old, You made me young, think of that movie. Everybody. I can't remember what, what movie it was, but Bernie Mac was like in a train station just slapping the shit out of Smacking people. That's <laughs> smacking me, yo. People. That's me, okay? Oh, yeah. I'm Atticus. I'm Atticus with the freaking bat beating on white people, white women included. I will smack your fucking face, I enjoyed face, when he man. hit that white woman, too. I Did was like, see yes. the white woman, yo? Me? You could get it, too, with Me your dress down to, to your ankles. It. Thank yes. you. Trying to run away. What you doing here? What you doing here? <laughs> anyway, welcome, welcome to, to Tea with, with Queen and Jay. We are two womanist race nerds talking shit over, over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is Tea with Queen, Queen and Jay. And smack your face. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> if you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag Tea with QJ. We love when you use it on all the social meds. We also like hashtag pod and that allows other people to find Tea with Queen and J podcast. You have to be following us on the social meds to even fucking use these hashtags. So make, make sure you are following us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, the handle there is at Tea with QJ. We are also on Tumblr and Facebook. We still exist in those spaces, mm-hmm. okay? Just search for us there and hit that follow button. We love when you send us T-mail. You can send us T-mail at twithqueenandj at gmail.com. Send us questions, comments, silly things, serious things. We really do enjoy the things that we get in our inbox. So just keep all of that shit flowing. This is a spot of tea episode. That means we come in, we do our thing, we get out. Same great quality, same great fucking taste, yep. just less segments. Mm-hmm. And um, that allows us to do an episode every week as this podcast is uh, solely done by Queen and Jay. And it's just yeah. us by ourselves. Team of two. Team of two. Two. I just wanted to say two because you were Two. <laughs> it makes it easier <laughs> yeah. for us to get it out and get it done. Yes. Every week on this podcast, we pour libations for the people, places, and things giving us black ass black joy. These are our shout outs. These are our pours one out for the homies. These are our cheers, our toasts. Whatever your cultural motherfucking toast one ups are, that's what the fuck our libations are. Queen, who are you pouring libations for this week? So I'm pouring libations besides myself and my home decor. Right. Besides that, another thing that's been giving me some black ass joy is a Twitter account. They also have an Instagram, but I follow them on Twitter now of Jameer Reese Davis. And they're a filmmaker and music producer. And what he does is he mixes like R&B and other like shit from my childhood. Like their mixes are very intergenerational. So like you'll hear a mix with like Rihanna and Luther Vandross and it sounds fucking dope and flawless. So he's doing a mm-hmm. lot of stuff like that. Their Instagram is the official amorphous. We're going to have that in the show notes. And also their Twitter is lone amorphous. But the thing that really attracted me to him was a mix that he did of Beyonce's Ring the Alarm and then Mom's Deep's Quiet Storm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, those are like my worlds just blended together. Like, 
some hood gutter rap shit and then some angry black woman yelling at a motherfucker for doing her wrong in one place I was like and I never would have thought to put those together I've never heard it in that way so that would make me kind of like look at their Twitter page and look at all the other mixes they was doing and then that's when I realized that they also make documentaries they made their mm-hmm. old documentary about Aaliyah they made one about Missy and they're like trying to get funding and all of this stuff but they've recently gone viral so I'm sure that people are reaching out to work with him and all of that so wishing him the best but if you want to like get into cute mixes r&b kind of mixes please follow them i don't know it just made me feel good to just see this little young person just enjoying music Mm -hmm. and enjoying life and all that shit you know and a lot of his clips are videos and not just music clips so you see them like kind of feeling it and shit like that it's cute it's really really cute i will go to a party with their mixes and get my fucking life so that is my libations for this week, who it. you pouring libations for, Jay? I have two libations. Okay. First, I want to pour libations for everybody who wished me well for my birthday. Thank you so much. Everybody who sent me gifts. Thank mm-hmm. you. I appreciate you. Donation. What'd you say? I just had to use my Dr. Umar donations. Donations. Gifts. And gifts. I was in that bag. Yeah, Reggie bag. sent me a um, jade roller, which I wanted Ooh. for my face because I'm grown and I'll smack your face. Smack and your face. so I use a jade roller, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, in the morning and night. So thank you so much for that. Thank you to everybody who sent me money donations via Mm -hmm. my PayPal or my Venmo. Thank you so much. I appreciate that shit. And I had a lovely fucking birthday, yo. I had mad family drama for some reason that seemed to... I, it was like it was, wasn't waiting birthday. for all year. It was like December. It felt misogynist. I mean, it felt like they was waiting. Like, wait, well, that's usually black woman abuse is misogynist. Yeah, let's so, do yeah. this now. So yeah, I had a <laughs> lot of family drama that honestly, like before therapy, before recently, and I I've had therapy throughout my life, but before yeah. honestly, before now, I think the kind of drama that I was having would have just crippled me for the day. I think I just would have been done. I probably would have yeah. dragged myself to dinner just because it was my birthday, but mm-hmm. I really felt fine. I was cursed out uh twice. I was by two different people. I was oh, uh goodness, girl. What else besides my name being dragged and being disrespected anyway it was a lot i mean you it was were a laughing lot. through it when we were talking about it you were i like, was i was, was kind of which is something that i do like i usually find comedy in 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 most things i find some kind of comedy or yeah. whatever but mm-hmm. i really felt good about my ability to uh, laugh at the shit pretty quick and turn mm-hmm. it around and i do have to say that some of that was from like just online support people sending me funny shit yeah. on the internet mm-hmm. and yeah. just giving me good positive vibes and energy and reminding me that i don't even engage with these people in this way like these yeah, these, these particular yeah. relatives and so for whatever reason they've decided to curse me out today it's really not my problem you know yep. so i had a fantastic birthday despite that i went out i hung out um, I ate good things. I drank mm-hmm. good things. I spent good quality time with my friend, my COVID cohort, and I had a great fucking time, yo. So it was fantastic. That's great. Yeah, it was fantastic. Thanks to everybody who contributed to my birthday in some way. One of the things I did for my birthday was create mm-hmm. a hotep folder in my photos <laughs> with, <laughs> with all of my favorite hotep images. And so that has been bringing me joy. So that's just, you know, one little fun project <laughs> that I have going that's on. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it brought me it brought me joy. It brought me joy. And what's your um, other libation? You said you had two of them. Yes, my other libation. Someone who we were in communication with on Instagram, but I, we honestly forgot who we were talking to just because 
the way we can't it, even really go the, back the way and it fucking flows, messages like, and check yeah 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 our dms be so full that mm-hmm. eventually you're like at the bottom and we can't find you right anymore. exactly between the penises and between <laughs> fucking you know just general inquiries is really hard to yeah to keep up with dms that stuff. In that right way, yes but someone sent us a bunch of plants which are beautiful and are, we're thankful for. And the ones that are yes. beautiful are the ones that did not die in transit. So Dope. what had happened was oh. these plants were sent to our P.O. box, which I go to fairly regularly. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the P.O. box to pick up a bunch of stuff. I go in there and they're like, you have these two huge boxes and the boxes are fucking marked October 31st. And it was like the day it was the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, so I'm like yep. these plants mm-hmm. have been in a fucking box for a month. I've been to the post office several times, many times. Yeah, since between October now 31st. and then. And they yeah. were like, "Oh well, you know, sometimes we have things here and we don't realize it." One of the old heads said that, so she don't care. She clearly about to retire. Okay, <laughs> she clearly about to retire. She don't know who my mother is because if I call my mother, she be like, "They're doing what?" She works at the post office, but whatever. Uh-huh. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to get no black person fired. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, all those plants are dead. I guess I'll come back for them later or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I went back. We watered them. Well, we meaning me, but we made the decision. We're going to water the plants. Yeah. The succulents are still alive and going strong. Uh, we got a string of hearts. Do you know what those are? They're so cute. Yeah. Um, oh, I know who this is. I know who this person is. I can't find them because they messaged me because I have a heart plant. Mm-hmm. And they told me you have to grow it with this other vine so you can mm. continue doing that. I'll send you that. I cannot find that person in my DMs. Okay. Anywhere. So, so yeah, I know so who they, they are. Heart like talk, but I don't, they sent yeah. a string of hearts, which is mad cute, yo. I mm-hmm. The string of hearts thing is just fucking adorable. So those two are still alive. Mm-hmm. There was another really nice plant that all the leaves fell off when I opened it. And it's like uh, like three stems and one leaf holding <laughs> on. Um, there are two of those big tropical looking, I don't know, the i don't know the name of it uh-huh, or whatever. yeah and then two darker smaller plants anyway they're watered they're cute some are alive some are dying a pothos i want to say in there we want to say thank you for the plants please let us know remind us please hit us up let us know who you are apologies for the u.s postal service um please continue to support your oh, local I'm like, post i'm not apologizing for them <laughs> I have beef. I have had a long-standing beef with the United yeah, States Postal Service. Yeah. So. We want them to exist. Yeah. We also hate them. No, we, we want, them to, want them to exist. We also they should them. be funded. There's a reason why they perform the way they do because that of part, the lack of funding. So I do know that. Even though I have beef, so I understand the birth of it. True but that. I still have beef. But yeah, we want to know what kind of plants they are too so that we can... Care take care of them accordingly the probably some of them are probably fine we just mm-hmm. would need to like water them and then the leaves will grow back you know the yeah, leaves put and the shit proper dirt in there like repot them and shit like that yeah so. exactly mishap but i could tell they were all wrapped with care i'm like yo when this shit was first wrapped if i had opened these on fucking fucking november 1st <laughs> this would have been a beautiful assortment <laughs> of lavish vegetation oh okay oh my gosh so we're doing what we can to keep them alive thank you please let us know who you are and we appreciate you and thank you so much and thank you for the lovely names dad right as you said the heart plan i'm like i know exactly who this is we were talking for a minute yeah and they're like i got you that was months ago though but i can't find that dm but yeah so libations to you libations to plants libations to all the plant lovers out there going through the ups and downs of raising thriving plants and murdering other plants you know it's a journey 
It's a journey. Mm-hmm. It is because I've killed many. Yeah, and it's seasonal. I had a whole mm-hmm. bunch of plants popping and then keeping them in my small apartment in the same places I had them in the summer. And the temperature is totally different now. Oh, yeah, you so got to move them around. Yeah, so, rethink yeah, where that would go. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that now, but they're all dead. So rethink. <laughs> so now I know. Rethink that whole thing. Changes in my life. When I met my COVID cohort, I wasn't keeping up my plants as much because mm-hmm. I was having sex now, and I was like, water, sex, water, sex. Like, which one? Which one? You know, I, I can't think sex. do it all. I think I'm gonna do sex. That's I what happened. Sex. Yeah. Lost a lot of plants to sex. Lost a lot. For of plants. me, it's in a winter or whatever this whatever this global warming winter. When the heat is on, my apartment is drier, so I have to water mm. everything more because I have project heat in my apartment. Mm-hmm. So it feels like 80 oh, degrees in project heat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, I have to water even more because the soil mm-hmm. will be like. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be like that. Mm-hmm. So I have to water more, or whatever. But yeah, you guys, it's, it's like, you know, having like a pet. Like you gotta. It is. Well, thank you again. Libations to you. And thank you for thinking of us. We love motherfucking plants yo yes thanks so much for that this is usually the part of the show where we talk about how you can donate to tea with queen and jay podcast but before we do that we want to make sure to remind everyone that we are still in a very clear fight for black liberation and the end of police brutality and securing liberation for all people so while you might no longer see that shit floating around on your timeline as much as you did back in June or July, the movement continues. There are still protesters doing actual shit on the ground. There are still activists, organizers, all doing their part, all doing their thing, Thizzle, and we want to make sure that we are supporting them. So in our show notes, there is an article that has a list of bailout funds, petition lists, other ways that you can support protesters, other ways that you can support the organizations that they are working with or for, things that you can do to volunteer volunteer all that good stuff will be in our show notes it's a um, nyu local link so you'll see that there you click on it and it'll tell you state by state what's going down in your area also in our show notes we have a link to information about end sars that's what's taking place down in nigeria i said down like nigeria was down in relation down by the delta It is not down. But um, yeah, so there's information on NSARS, what it is, and how you can get involved. So definitely check those things out. And then once you have done that, you can support Tea with Queen and Jay podcast. If you can. We all know that we're living in a motherfucking global pandemic. And do what you can. If you can't, that's cool. We love you anyway. <laughs> yes, that's right. So... Our podcast runs on your support, and there are two ways that you can donate to Tea with Queen and J monetarily. Two. You can go to our website, teawithqueenandj.com, slide out on our homepage, and there is where we have the two options. Two. Our first option is our PayPal option, and that's where we ask you to put however much you want, however many times you want in that pot. There is no commitment there. And our second option is our Patreon option, and that is where we're asking for a little bit more commitment. We are asking for $2 a month. $2. You can give more or less. That is up to you. We are into options. So whatever amount you want to give, you can give, but we are only asking for $2. We also appreciate non-monetary support. Ways that you can do that is by liking this podcast, sharing this podcast on social media, telling a friend about this podcast, word of mouth. It's still a valuable thing. You can use that, do that, tap into that. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and all the places that you listen to our podcasts. 
And all of those are things that you can do to help Tea with Queen and Jay grow. We're a community. We, we, we all do this together. Okay. If you would like to sponsor Tea with Queen and Jay podcast, if you'd like to advertise with us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Tea with Queen and Jay, T-mail us at Tea with Queen and Jay at gmail.com. If you'd like to hear us speak at your school or organization virtually about podcasting or about white supremacist patriarchal capitalism or dismantling white supremacy in the workplace, womanism, black feminism, black hair, or some shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast, or if you'd like us to do a virtual live show or consult you or your team, send us your team email at t with queen and j at gmail.com yeah we have some donation libations this week what do we got queen some folks hit us on a paypal we have reginia and reginia says for some snacks thank you we love snacks you know we some snacking ass bitches so thank you spencer hit us off and spencer says hey my sisters just wanted to throw some bread towards the snacks i hope your holiday season is full of love safety and joy peace and blessings you are appreciated thank you spencer thanks spencer we also got jj and JJ says, thank you for making my 2020 less struggling. Each podcast felt like a warm, socially distanced and mass elbow bump. So happy to support you. Cheers to paying black woman. Much love from JJ in Chicago. Thank you, JJ. We also got a PayPal donation from Martin. And Martin says, in these times, please (laughs) use this shit. We will use it. Martin sent us a good grip. Thank you so much, Martin. We really, really appreciate it. We have already used that shit because we actually really needed it. So thank you so much. We truly appreciate you. We also got Rachel and Rachel says, many thanks for all of the work you do. I laugh with you. I learn from you. And I appreciate all of your conversations. Thank you, Rachel, for the Yes. And then we got a bunch of new Patreon subscribers. Thank you to everybody who is subscribed to our Patreon, where we post bonus content. Our new subscribers are Anna, Detria, or Detria, Anna, Kai, Anais, Marianne, Aisha and Angela actually upped their pledge. So thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon. Like I said, we post bonus podcast episodes on there Mm -hmm. about once a month. Well, definitely once a month, sometimes more. Thanks to everyone who supports us there. We also understand that there may be people who need to adjust their pledge to make it lower sometimes. So any direction you need to adjust your pledge is totally fine. We appreciate you for all that you all do to keep Tea with Queen and Jay podcast running. So thank you all so much. Also, I want to say, don't apologize if you have to go down we get that a lot when people like mm-hmm. we we understand you don't have to apologize totally. i have a homeboy who was a patron and it was like ah my account was kind of empty that month and i'm like nigga mm-hmm. <laughs> it is okay so i just want y'all to know that gratitude all around you don't have to apologize if you have to adjust if you have to go lower if you have to skip a month mm-hmm. we're gracious so yeah just wanted totally, to let y'all know that totally get it so thank you all so much let's get into this motherfucking show queen what kind of tea are you drinking so i had an ice chai latte with my Ooh. breakfast today because i brought Delish. like a kind of what kind of milk oat milk oh yes yeah, i like oat milk it's a mm-hmm. little more thicker and creamier and shit but yeah that's what i had that was my tea yeah um what kind of tea are you drinking i'm having a little bit of green tea Mm -hmm. because uh yeah i needed something warm i hadn't i actually haven't had tea in a little minute i've been in here drinking alcohol and eating chocolates so Mm, alcohol (laughs) i've been drinking a lot of alcohol too right eating tacos 
kissing my COVID cohort in the mouth, you know, living that <laughs> kind of life. Somehow somebody slipped a thought juice in my refrigerator. And I'm like, how did this get here? I still drink it. I haven't drank those in forever. Mm. I was like, mm, I feel 25 again. I like an I occasional thought juice. Again. Drink this. Good. Good but yeah. Jay, what are your pronouns? Uh, my pronouns are she, her, they, them. And I am not a lady queen. What are your pronouns? She and her. And what are you affirming for yourself this week, Jay? I affirm that I will smack your face. I affirm that first and foremost. I also affirm a life full of abundance, health, wealth, sustainable, rewarding, and financially beneficial self-employment. I affirm that I am a writer. I am enough. My apartment is paid for. My rent is paid. I am productive. Opportunities are fruitful and bountiful without trauma. I affirm my apartment is clean and organized. I affirm productive therapy. I affirm healthy Mm. romantic relationships without a whole lot of exhausting fucking labor. I affirm trauma-free living, around-the-clock home health care service for my grandmother, and a bomb-ass birthday for myself, which I did have. And... And cheers to the libation for the turnaround. And I mm-hmm. affirm liberation and power to all the people. So those are my affirmations. Queen, what are you affirming for yourself this week? I'm affirming that I'm a bad bitch. I am enough. I will be self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma. Yes. I also affirm that I am well-rested. My hair and fashions are popping. Poppin'. My body and mind are healthy. Help. And that I will always and forever stunt on these hoes. I will say yes only to activities that are healthy for my mind, body, and emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. I will courageously protect my happiness. I affirm continued and safe, healthy reopenings of New York City, other cities, other towns, the world. Healthy mm-hmm. reopenings for the world, healthy reclosings, because we need to scale back in lots of places too. Even New York City, right. I don't know what the fuck, what are they waiting for? But okay. Mm-hmm. And I also affirm... That 2020, we have a few weeks left in the 2020 year. You will still find abundance. It will still be fruitful, abundance all around. And that abundance will also carry over into 2021. That's right. Okay? Yep. So that's what I'm affirming. I like those affirmations. Those are bomb. Word. So there's been a lot of talk about Dave Chappelle lately. Chappelle show. I just had to say that. Sorry. All right. That's That's fine. Better not bring your kids. Okay, go ahead. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of talk about Dave Chappelle lately. Recently, he dropped like a 18-minute Instagram clip of him performing in front of people and talking about Chappelle's show and how he doesn't make any money from that show. It feels like theft. And anytime he sees it playing on Netflix or sees it playing on, I think, HBO Max also has it or had it. I don't know what the status of that is Mm -hmm. right now. But that it makes him feel bad because he feels like that show was stolen from him and it's theft and all of those things. Which personally, based on our politics, we, of course, understand that shit. Like, that's his work. He did it regardless to what the fuck contract says or whether he walked out or whatever we don't give a fuck he's fucking it was his work he should be making money from it so whatever so that being said dave Chappelle is getting on my nerves getting on my nerves nerves. i didn't expect it to go there it's getting on my nerves dave Chappelle is getting on my nerves and i I know that there are going to be people listening who uh reduce this to me just being a general hater but it's not a matter of haterdom i love that he is at this whatever comfortable seemingly comfortable place in life i think that's great i think there was a time in 
our lives for those of us who were sentient around the time that the Chappelle Mm -hmm. show was out where like that show I think was really important for the time I think if you Mm -hmm. if you weren't around for it and you go back and watch it now it's like this (laughs) it's like this is this is what they're talking about this This is what they talk about y'all like this was this really like important was this really a thing I think some of those sketches aged really bad Mm -hmm. I think some of them are timeless and I think some of them were just so specific to what was happening in the moment that that, like you had to be there for it to even count and then especially at this point where we have online spaces that allow us to just create sketches on a fly right so it's a lot more accessible. We see them more mm-hmm. like different thought processes. It's become right. diverse, even in blackness, as far as like the sketches we see because of the access that social media. Yeah, the sketches you see, the mm-hmm. boundaries that you're able to push now or whatever. Yes. It's just uh, like things are a lot more open. It's a lot more that you could do. But at the time, some of the stuff that he was doing, we had never seen like exactly on yep. television before. This was also before social media yeah, existed as we, as know, we it know it right now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So like. Things that we can all talk to each other about on social at the time, building community around content in that way. A lot of that had to do with what we saw on television and how we talk to each other about what we saw on television in our personal black spaces or in our workplace black spaces. But like all conversations usually happening in real time or over some shit we read in a magazine about that content. You know what I'm saying? So like we could not have the conversations that we have about blackness on the internet. We weren't doing that together at such a grand scale as we can do it now. So it was important for the time. So I acknowledge that shit, but right now he's getting on my nerves. So he did Chappelle show. He left when it seemed to feel like people were laughing at him in terms of like those in the creative space with him, like Mm -hmm. producers and shit like that felt like they were laughing at him versus laughing with him i actually watched he did an interview on letterman letterman's new show on netflix that i've been watching oh i've seen that yes okay and so this this is the first time i think that he publicly said what the joke was so he was basically there in blackface making a joke that i imagined because i really did feel like at the time what he was doing It was usually thoughtful on some level, right? So he talks Uh about being in blackface. That's a very, it is a very vulnerable position if you're trying to make a joke about it. Like, yeah, yeah. Anytime you're trying to create some shit is vulnerable. And especially I think when you're making jokes that if not done with care could go, you know, it could could go way left. Right, right. So he talks about being in blackface and somebody laughed in a way that made him uncomfortable. And he said he really had to think about, okay, well, what am I doing now? Like, what does this mm-hmm. mean now and all this shit? And so he dipped. And went to Africa. No, he didn't. That's a joke. <laughs> you know, he really did, though. Yeah, I know. But people made it seem like he went to the continent for, like, medical care. And he's like, I just needed to, like, not be around y'all niggas. <laughs> oh, Whatever. right, yeah, right. Yeah, At the yeah. time, mm-hmm. media the man the system yes. spun it as if he was an unstable person yeah he lost his mind is also framed because amongst black folks too it's also framed in a way that and again this is different groups of black folks i think a lot of black yes. folks understood what what mm-hmm. that means and make what making that decision meant but at the time he had a 50 million dollar deal 55 zero million mm-hmm. dollar deal on the table that he walked away from because of that discomfort that he felt and he dipped and went to africa i forget which country he went yeah, to in africa too. but he also yeah. said i didn't go to africa for medical care i went to africa to fucking hang out to not be around you people around you. and yeah. i went to a muslim mm-hmm. country i'm fucking muslim that's yep. where i felt comfortable at the time yeah. i was hanging out at the mall like yeah, it wasn't exactly you know, it, it wasn't, wasn't like, like a, 
I'm unstable and unhinged and shit like that. Exactly. The man tried to frame it as if he were unhinged and also people interpreting leaving that amount of money as something must be medically wrong with you or you must not be okay in the head if you would walk away from that amount of money for Mm -hmm. your integrity or there could be no reason that could that could make sense for a black man to walk away from or black person to walk away from that amount of money right Mm -hmm. so that was a huge deal that he made that decision he um was gone from everything it wasn't like he left and started working on other projects or appearing in movies and shit like that i don't know if he used the language of being blackballed but i feel like he's kind of talked about like his name his name was tarnished in hollywood for a bit they made sure to make it like he was crazy for lack of a better word like he was crazy He's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so I know in the industry for a while, it was whispers like, nah, I don't know if you want to work with him. Because right, right. When he crazy. came back, he yeah. did an interview with Oprah and kind of talked about all those things. But it was still kind of like, is this guy OK? And then since then, also mostly quiet. Right. And then he yeah. came back in, I guess, 2016. That would be mm-hmm. like when he came, he did SNL. And he started doing stand-up specials and shit like that. Like, there was a coming back. And when he came back, it was a huge deal. Yeah, Because everybody loved Dave Chappelle. He was Mm -hmm. back. It was epic. Everything he did was epic. The way that it was all framed was epic. Epic. People were now looking back on how monumental the show was, looking back on how big of a deal it was that he left and what that really meant. And he had also done some interviews now. And I think that people who were fans of him at least had a better understanding of what his decision was all about and shit like that. So there's this reverence and a very talented comedian. So there's this reverence Mm -hmm. that people of a certain age have for Dave Chappelle and Mm -hmm. I got it when he came back in 2016 and like during that period when he was coming back but the nigga been back now it's 2020 it's 2020 it's not to be 2021 he's been back yo everything (laughs) Dave Chappelle do Every time he appear on a screen somewhere, it don't need to have like a magic like this, halo around it. Yeah. It don't need to have that fucking filter, that fucking the Jesus filter. It don't need to have that around <laughs> it. Okay. He is he be saying nothing. They just put it in black and white. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he don't be like, they put it in black and white. Is he, happening. He, he be mid set, mid sentence, right? And finish the <laughs> sentence and, and hasn't said anything. He's still in the middle of his point and somebody in the audience be clapping like it's the Woo! fucking greatest shit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> stop yeah. it. Enough. Yeah. Everybody stop. He's been back. Like, are we done? Everything he does is not epic. Stop. So I have a question. Stop it. Have a question. Stop it. Has he reached the point where he can be a mediocre black and still be praised? Is that what this is? Maybe. I'm down for this. I see where you're going and I like it. Okay. Uh, Let me say that. It could still get on your nerves because he annoys me too. And I agree with you there. But is he at the place where he could be mediocre and not really say anything, not really do anything Mm -hmm. and people treat him like a comedy Michael Jackson or some shit. Yes. Yeah. It is part of what's going on. Mm -hmm. I believe. I think what bothers me about it is like, if everything that Dave Chappelle does is epic, right? And is filmed in black and white. Yeah. And he's smoking in the theater like it's the eighties. And that is also epic to people and it still makes people it's illegal. jizz on themselves because <laughs> he's at illegal. And look at this illegal. renegade, right? Oh right. my god. But it's just like if all of that is epic 
yeah. if the sound design is so masterfully done that it's mm-hmm. just like makes this the most epic fucking 18 minutes you ever seen in your life. If the way the credits are written is mm-hmm. always so epic, right? And the little clips that roll during the credits make this look like this was the most monumental set you've ever mm-hmm. seen in your fucking life. If everything that Dave Chappelle does on screen is fucking epic and we know it's not, is anything really epic anymore? You know what I'm saying? I think lots of things are not epic, but that's how my personality is set up. You know that from my friendship that I think everything is not Mm -hmm. epic. And what it sounds like to me is something that we all know. And now I understand why Dave Chappelle is also another black Jesus for black men is Mm. they think he's made that crossover where he's Mm. like, you know, most black men want to be a white man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. So he's able to exist in these white spaces. He's able to like, say these uncomfortable things that aren't really things that would make you or I like it's Mm -hmm. not uncomfortable things but he's able to do those things and say those things and be in those spaces and smoke in the theater Mm -hmm. and do all of this shit with his black ass and they think that that is like nigga he made it you know what I'm saying like that's what he represents for a lot of black men it annoys the shit out of me too me and you Mm -hmm. agree on that annoyance and I I like him even I as so. a whole entire transphobe yeah. nigger, right? Because we all know transphobe niggers, right? Yes, we do. Even as a fucking problematic Negro, I'm not going to pretend that when he releases a special, I'm not going to watch it. I still watch it. He still says shit that I find funny. He still says mm-hmm. shit that I find problematic. And the problematic shit we talk about, the funny shit we absorb as funny, and it, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. like... The other piece of it that gets me is that he sometimes he will interpret a joke as hilarious. That's not right. So sometimes he will say something because, you know, a lot of what he does is just conversational now. Right. So he'll say Mm -hmm. something and then, you know, that he has practiced the pause and the drag of cigarette smoke for this moment so that people can clap and go oh and take Mm -hmm. it in. And I'm like, you guys, nothing. No, he didn't even really say nothing right now. You just reacting because you know that this is the time and the space where you're supposed to react. But this was not an epic thing. He will do epic things again, maybe. But can we stop pretending that every time he breathes, it's epic and needs to be shot in black (laughs) and white? Can we stop? (laughs) I don't think he has anything epic left. I feel like I like Dave Chappelle. Right. Mm -hmm. But his comedy to me is still the same that it was in 2003. Like Mm -hmm. nothing different has happened. He has not grown. That's why he hates cancel culture because he's literally saying the same shit that he was saying in 2006. But now we are at a different, we've grown. We're at a Mm -hmm. different state. Your audience got older. We think different ways. We want to not say certain things. We want to make sure we hold space for certain people in certain ways. And you have not grown with us. And that's my beef usually with most comedians that I loved 20 years ago. Like Mm -hmm. Dave Chappelle was started in 2003. That's almost 17 years ago. Mm -hmm. Like I don't understand why we, I don't expect him to be the same person that he was in 2003, but Mm -hmm. he is the same person to me that he was in 2003. As Bokeem Woodbine. No, I'm just kidding. There's no. (laughs) (laughs) Now he's the same person as Bokeem Woodbine. Yeah. Can they just do a movie together? That would be epic shit. That we could yeah, film in black and white. I would enjoy that. I just would, I would them, enjoy that. Smoking cigarettes, talking out the Yo, side of their mouth. No, but I feel like, okay, this is the movie, and maybe I'm right, being give silly. Give it to me. Give it to me. So I think we need like an adult, like fucking weird parent trap. <laughs> 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 
with them too. I love it. I'm in. I'm in. Let's get the indie go go going for this. This is a crowdfund right? situation. Shit. This would crowdfund overnight. <laughs> I'm but that's what we it. need. But yeah, I think like he I agree, he's totally not epic. But what makes him even more boring to me is that he's critiquing us and our growth. But has not grown right. <laughs> at all. So I, I just, I don't get it. I, I agree. He gets on my nerve too. He's not epic. He just does things in black and white and smokes a cigarette. Thank which you. is also shaitan. He should not be smoking a cigarette, but whatever, you know. <laughs> well, he said he was a devout Muslim I do Muslim mad shit before. I ain't supposed to do neither, but he I'm said just that. saying. He said he was a devout Muslim before, but I know, now he, he smokes and he drinks. I was like, that's the kind of Muslim I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I be doing. Yeah, so you can relate. You can relate. Yeah, I mean, I could, like I, I said, right. I like Dave Chappelle. I do too. He's problematic, and I just want them to stop shooting everything he does in this dramatic fucking filter with dramatic yeah, music at the, the filter, end. The black and white, the cigarette, the yeah. drama. The yeah. drama. Like, okay, enjoy your cigarette. Do we have to make it a drama? <laughs> it's not an epic drama. It's not. It's really not. It's, so it's not. Right. Shakespeare. It's not Black Shakespeare. It's not. That's how they treat it, though. Yeah, it's not. Just because he's mastered the dramatic pause does not mean that it should be there. <laughs> <laughs> Enough. Enough. Oh gosh, you were. What were you saying? No, I was just thinking about because you know we like media and who knows what type of shit. We always every five minutes we like, oh, that would be a cool skit, right? So who knows yep. what we'll create in the future? I just yeah. don't want us to ever get to the point where everything we shoot, we shoot in this dramatic tone. Like, don't tell me how to feel about this. Like yeah. some things I understand. Like when he came back out of nowhere and he's doing a specialist sketch, anything he did when he just came back and we we're like, oh shit, he's back. That yeah. was a big deal. Shoot it however, because we all know he's back and this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, stop trying to tell me how to feel about this by shooting it in this dramatic effect kind of special way. I don't want to hear glasses clinking like this is a special moment and you need to hear every fucking sound so you can feel like you were there. I don't want to fucking hear it. I don't want to see every he's moment. He's an entertainer. He's an entertainer. Just fucking, I can't with all of the fucking <laughs> surrounding drama. I want to know who directs these things. That's really who my problem is with. <laughs> Who is directing this? Who is the cinematographer? What the fuck? Who is the editor? Can y'all <laughs> stop it? Can you? I know that this is epic for you because maybe you're now working with Chappelle and that's a dream come true. Stop yeah. telling me how to feel about this by shooting this like it's fucking epic. Stop it. I agree. Stop. And just give us our Parent Trap movie with Dave Chappelle. And, and Bokeem Woodbine. Needs more Woodbine. Needs more yes. Bokeem. Yes. Like, just give us that. They know they look alike, too. What do they have against each other? Just get in the same room. Do the work. <laughs> I'm just tired of being ignored. That's all. Oh, God. Nah, I need that movie. That's, that's yeah, I need that movie. Mm-hmm. Just both like, of them Maybe their dads that switch. Because they're adults and they're not kids. Yeah, so of course. And Naturally. And like, who's this motherfucker? And Naturally. Like, no, they're huh? not going to know who's this motherfucker because they're going to both be talking You're out the right. side of their mouth with a cigarette dangling off the You're right. Lip. Yep, you know, you it's going right. to be the best. They both do that really well, too. That side They're great at it. They are, they are perfect on screen black men. They're great yep. at that type of black dude. Okay? Oh, Give us yeah. Give us our father trap switcheroo Please. movie. Please. Do it. Okay? The Gosh. That is what I would like to see, too. I would like to see Dave Chappelle do more acting. I would yeah, enjoy that, me too. man. Yeah. And more Bokeem. So. 
That's all I wanted to say. I just wanted to tell somebody getting on my fucking nerves. Like, I understand <laughs> it. If y'all want to not watch Chappelle show, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Fine. Yeah. But can we just stop acting like this is the second coming of Black Christ? I want them to stop. Please. I know they will not. Yeah. But I would so. like them to stop. So, y'all, let us know what you think. Are you also sick and tired of this? Is there someone else who's dramatic that you're there over? There is. You're right. There is. Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> let's do this kevin motherfucking heart another person who i'm not gonna pretend i never liked kevin hart i'm not gonna pretend i don't like kevin hart and his little tiny janky ass right now here though i've grown to be annoyed highly annoyed by him but i he is someone that i used to really enjoy and feel warm when i saw him in mm-hmm. movies and, and shit like that so yes i right am now, still entertained by kevin hart also, there are whole segments of his comedy shows that I do not find funny at all, right? Same. But yeah. I do find him entertaining He has enough. nice sound effects. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's his thing. He do. I do find him entertaining <laughs> enough to where I would, I'll watch the special. I'm going to check out the special to see the 20 minutes that I find funny and then <laughs> discard the rest. I really don't find, men, my wife, I don't find that funny. Man, my girlfriend, because you know your woman. When your woman does, that's not my kind of humor. It's never funny. It's always corny to me. It's like yeah. when you have, it's like I knew this guy who had an Instagram for years and he didn't start posting shit till he got a woman. You're corny, man. And that's how I feel about when people <laughs> do that in their comedy. It's like, mm-hmm. could you, if nothing else is funny, nothing just, else is going to rag on life. you gonna rag on your partner the the whole entire now what else goes on in your life yo what else happens i love ragging on whoever is near me i get it you know but like can we make that be just the center of your whole stand-up show every single show i feel you mix it up you don't have more story to tell but yeah he's another one that people like no that he's dramatic he's Mm -hmm. highly dramatic Mm -hmm. and then people feel like he is like doing something epic and it's yeah. like no yeah. it's frustrating it's frustrating but i don't feel like a part of this is because his his comedy is like silly a lot of what he does the spin is yeah. silly and he doesn't go into serious mode the way that dave Chappelle does yeah so they don't put that same kind of we're gonna film this in an epic way because this guy is the next agree richard Pryor. so i would say i'm agreeing with you and would say that I got to give us more credit. We don't take him as epic in general, but mm-hmm. Kevin Hart thinks he's epic. Like he presents <laughs> things like he's epic and we be laughing. <laughs> right, right. Right? Yeah. Whereas true. with Dave, he does shit because he feels he's epic and people mm-hmm. react like, oh, this shit is epic. So yeah, that's yeah. the difference. You're actually- The other thing I also right. want to say about black people, right? Because I don't want to- pretend that this is not a thing i think that Mm -hmm. when you are a black person you have to believe and talk about how epic you are because oftentimes the powers that be in whatever industry you're in are often white people who are not going to give you your credit and give you like your things you know what i'm saying so i totally understand that which is why i am a former and currently recovering um kanye apologist because that kind of personality of this is before we knew he had problems. I know that. But I, my the kind eyes were of, big and then I was like, wait, no, I am too. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I know. I was there. We were there yes. together. But 
the kind of person who has to talk about themselves kind of in this way and big themselves up in this way it's like like kanye this is like we've had a whole trump presidency now so now it's weird to kind of even put this into words now because we've seen it differently i don't know but it's similar to how we echo on the show all the time how black women shouldn't be humble right Right. like yes should not be humble we live in a system that is always trying to humble you and make you low and put you right. beneath and tell you ain't shit and tell you ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. So something al- along those lines. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. So I understand mm-hmm. it when you, like when people used to, before we knew that Kanye for real had problems and people yes. would be like, oh, well, Kanye thinks he's this and he, the guy is always, and when he was like demanding things of industry mm-hmm. and talking big about himself and before it got ridiculous it was like no this is important it is important Mm -hmm. that we affirm ourselves who we are demand what we are owed from industry from the white majority all of that shit is important right yes so i'm not i don't think that any of these niggas should be humble all that i'm saying is in these certain areas this don't need to be shot in black and white that's all i'm saying and we're saying and we're saying because i agree with jay that it gets on our nerves when that's happening. It's just the, the optics of it is just annoying to us. It gets on our nerves. We're not right. saying like humble yourself. And no, not, not at all. Not, not it's at just all. like I'm just saying. Kinda, do it got to be in black and white. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. What is it got to be a dramatic pause right here? You know. That's all I'm saying. So there's that, yo. Over Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart. Yeah. I want to give him a noogie. <laughs> that's the thing with Kevin Hart. He reminds me of a younger sibling. And you're with your friends at a sleepover and they keep coming in your room trying to be like, look what I could do. And it's like, get the fuck out, Kevin. Get out of my room. Ma, could you get Kevin? That's how I feel about Kevin. I think that's why. That's I think that's a part of why those of us who still like him on some level like him on some level. And also because I, we're talking kind of lovingly about Kevin. I don't want to dismiss the fact that we know what you did. Okay. Yeah, we know what you did. We heard you in the fucking clubhouse room. Yes. Okay. We, know. we heard the commentary okay. after. Yeah. Problematic misogynist ass nigga. Okay. Yep. That has not been forgotten. That, that is, is not, not being removed. ignored. It is not. Exactly. On this show, we like to acknowledge that there is nuance and it would be a lie for me to pretend that I have never appreciated Kevin Hart on some level and am not going to watch his next special. You know what I'm saying? And a part yeah. of why we can all critique that nigga is because we all watching every special. So uh, I don't watch his stuff. I just kick him out my room all the time when he comes in. I get it. I got you. Mom, can you get Kevin? That's, that's me. <laughs> all right. So you've kicked Kevin out your room. Let's take a break. <laughs> that's money, 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 money. <laughs> money. Do you know what this year is? what every year is all about yeah but like giving black women your money yes give black women your money hashtag pay black women yo okay okay so So. how do they give black women their money well they can start by giving us their money oh yes yes we do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week sometimes twice um, a week yeah yo (laughs) and we could use your loving motherfucking donations Um, we definitely can absolutely so how can you do that you can go to our website yeah tvqueenandj.com hit that donate tab and mm-hmm. we have two options there so you two two you become a patron or you can just donate through paypal yep. you choose we mm-hmm. give you a choice that's right on how you give us money that's right if you want to donate via patreon we're asking all of our listeners to break us off two dollars a month 
That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandjay.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice. Oh my God, we're going to get money. Again! <laughs> All the time. Yes. The current moment with COVID-19 disproportionately impacting marginalized communities and the need to ensure Black Lives Matter is demanding a lot of everyone. We need tools to help us understand the myriad of ways we experience race, gender, culture, social class, and sexuality, among other social identities. Particularly, we need to understand how these experiences affect our levels of distress and resilience in response to stress and trauma. Our sponsor, 635 Community Health Collective, strives to increase access to high-quality behavioral and physical health care, offering trauma-sensitive yoga to support individuals and groups in their healing journey. Trauma-sensitive yoga, or TS yoga, is a body-based modality designed to reduce and eliminate symptoms connected with stressful and traumatic experiences. TS yoga provides healing tools through simple stretching exercises and mindfulness breathing. You will learn techniques to help you breathe and move through feelings and sensations caused by stressful and traumatic memories. The goal of this practice is to help you tolerate bodily sensations, practice awareness, stay present, self-regulate using breath and movement, experience your body as a safe place, and provide a foundation for you to begin to process your experiences using language. Join 635 Community Health Collective for some TS yoga and find new ways to deal with distress and become more resilient. Group and individual classes are available and 15% of proceeds are donated to Black women-owned businesses and organizations. To learn more, visit 635communityhealthcollective.com or email them at 635communitycollective at gmail.com. Once again, to learn more, visit them online at 635communityhealthcollective.com or email them at 635communityhealthcollective at gmail.com. TS Yoga is not meant to be a substitute for a clinical diagnosis or a relationship with a licensed behavioral health professional. If you need to verbally process your experiences, please contact your health insurance company, local behavioral health department, or a licensed behavioral health professional. And we're black all the time. All right. So the presidential election is over. Biden has won 75 times. 75 times. (laughs) If I get another announcement, I am going to just sit and do nothing because what can I do? (laughs) That's funny. Kamala Harris is the VP elect. Yep. And there's been a lot of conversation about Kamala's blackness. And that's been going on swirling around yeah since she first started running actually when she was running for president and when she became the vp option like that was been an ongoing conversation about her blackness and it's also circled back to conversations about president barack obama and the kinds of black people that are quote-unquote allowed to ascend to certain offices in government or certain Mm -hmm. levels of professionalism in the country all white supremacist markers of success and Mm -hmm. shit like that yeah so somebody wrote in and this letter actually covers a lot of shit 
that I honestly, I didn't want to read it for reals. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. Jay did not. I didn't want to read it because I feel like there's certain characters, there's certain social media characters that we don't allow into this space that we don't mm-hmm. talk about. We are both also very protective in the way that we curate our personal spaces. Yeah. And so that's with like who we have friendships with, the mm-hmm. kinds of conversations, especially since our work involves talking about, we are womanist race nerds. So our work involves talking about blackness, talking about race, talking about gender, talking about all these things with other people who talk about these things regularly. And so mm-hmm. I don't mind talking to people in my family or my loved ones about these things, but very rarely will we talk to a random random about these issues because sometimes some they're like i said certain personalities that we find to be misogynoirist toxic or whatever enter the conversation and it can be like this is not becomes abusive fun yeah this is not for fun right yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. it can become an abusive thing so when you're talking about these serious like things that involve actual life like we've said on this podcast before White supremacy is not a conspiracy theory. So yeah. it's not something I delight in being like, yeah, but did you hear that what they really doing was really going yeah. down? Yeah. Like, this is not entertainment for us. This is like yeah. real life shit. Lie. So certain personalities who I feel like indulge in this shit for entertainment's sake or certain personalities who I feel like a lot of us understand them to be toxic to the movement of liberation and everybody yeah Yeah, Yeah. we just don't engage with so sometimes when somebody comes to me with did you hear what so-and-so said it's like i've already in my in my universe have doxed that person as somebody who's irrelevant right so why are we kind of making them into the chat and also i think a lot of times what happens because we're talking about black 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 Mm -hmm. that people think that Every black thing has to enter our conversation. Yes. Every black thing has to enter our space. Every right. time a black person speaks, that you want to know what we think about it. And it's like, mm-hmm. honestly, we're trying to protect our mental, our emotional, like all of that shit. Yeah. And we're not letting everything enter exactly. our mental space because it shouldn't. Yeah. And like when it, it comes so. when it comes to white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, it's some shit where it's coming from inside the fucking house. You know what I'm saying? So some abuse, Mm -hmm. some toxicity is coming from inside the house. And anything that is like counter to our liberation as black people, whether it come from inside the house or not, I'm not fucking with it. So I had to Mm -hmm. read this letter a few times to really decide whether I thought reading it on the show was valuable or not. And I feel like there are things in this letter that I, I do want to address because yeah. they are in our ether. The other piece of this, the other side of this, while we do really try to be protective of ourselves and protective of our community. And when I, when I say community, I mean community of people who trust us, our listeners and shit like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also acknowledging that we live in a bubble, but we don't live in a bubble. Right. So yeah. a lot of times we're having conversations here on this podcast and with you all and we all understand our same language. We are also yeah. people that are constantly on our phones we're constantly tapped into social media we are taking in a lot of information a lot of a lot of information yeah in ways that the average person is not because they have other shit to do like take care of their kids or fucking like you know what i'm saying like like this stuff isn't a part of their daily work right like this is what we do yes exactly exactly and so i think i think that sometimes the way that we quote unquote write off without um for example, I looked at this letter and I was like, I'm not talking about this. That's how I mm-hmm. felt 
about it. I'm not talking yeah. about this. But in reality, there's information in this that the average person is talking about, is thinking about. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I think that it is valuable and important for us to kind of talk about maybe why we don't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. instead of assuming, oh, I'm having deja vu right now. Instead of assuming that Oh, I we, looked I looked cute in your deja vu. Yeah, it was it was weird. I was like, Oh, I saw you like leaning like that in the Zoom before. Like it was deja vu. Cool. Deja vu. So you know anyway. I was gonna have this TLC shirt. That's oh, nice. Anyway. Okay. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I think that it is important that sometimes we have conversations that we don't feel like having mm-hmm. because these are the things that like, even though they're not in our quote unquote progressive universe like these are conversations that people are having yeah and it is still in our peripheral you know yeah. like, these are still conversations happening within our community so mm-hmm. maybe sometimes we should engage mm-hmm. but it's not something that we're like actively going to engage right right yeah right. all right so the subject of this letter is is there just one black experience hi loves again i waited to write till this idea was burning in me oh I said that mad dead. Ugh. That's better? (laughs) That was better, yes. Thank you. Okay, thanks. ADHD is a bitch. I was refreshing Stitcher all week. Then I remember that y'all took the week off to celebrate Jay's happy birthday. Jay. Thank you. Y'all deserve all of the best things. Okay, here's my question. I know the black experience has a lot of nuance. Immigrants from the Caribbean and Africa, immigrants from predominantly white countries and second and third and et cetera generation immigrants, quote unquote, regular blacks, et cetera. A friend from way back called me to rage about something she saw from Tariq Nasheed. I felt that felt weird saying out loud on this podcast. <sighs> okay. <laughs> back to the letter. Talking about how quote-unquote, foundational black Americans, hashtag FBA, are a different breed and are inherently better than black immigrants because they are weak for fleeing their countries or some dumb shit. And then she said some dumb shit, like black Americans are just salty because they don't have any culture, all of which I refuted point by point. Right. He's a fucking nitwit, talking about Tariq Nasheed. But he's not wrong and that the black experience can look different for regular blacks versus for black immigrants, even a few generations removed. I see it two ways. One, police ain't checking for your accent or what flag is hanging in your rear view before they pull you over. People who uphold white supremacy don't necessarily hate slash fear the Americanness of the black experience so much as the race slash color. But at the same time, it's been long recognized within the black community, especially that there is a social capital associated with foreignness. My actual question is this. I wish we started here. I find it noteworthy. (laughs) I find it noteworthy that neither President Obama nor VP-elect Harris is quote unquote, regular black. In fact, neither have any ties to black American history of slavery, reconstruction and Jim Crow. How much do you think this may have affected their palatability to the American public? How much more of a hurdle would it be to elect someone who has concrete connections to ancestors who were enslaved in the U.S.? It's some randomness up there, but I had to just build to get it out. Thank you for all the work that you do just to make it out here day to day and for the content that helps us feel less alone in the house. Cause at least I can kiki with my favorite podcast friends. Ha sending all the love 
AP. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for this AP. For sending this letter. Thank you for taking the time to string all these thoughts together. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. What are some of your thoughts? Yeah. So this? we don't talk about Tariq Nasheed on this podcast. We don't talk about that nigga. No. Nope. We don't talk about his Stacey Adams shoes. His Stacey Adams no. shoes. We don't talk about the quote unquote work that he does. Yeah. We don't talk about him being a fucking misogynist. About that R&B song he released that everyone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We don't. We don't talk about his do rags. We don't talk about Tariq Nasheed on this show. We don't take him seriously. We find him to we be don't. a serious problem. He yep. is a misogynist. A lot of people who fuck with Tariq Nasheed and his politics are either card carrying misogynist or they are newcomers into their understanding of blackness yes and to their understanding of their own identity as black people and I feel like there is a a time and place for that. So there's no shade to that experience if you grew up as somebody who really didn't understand or had a complicated relationship with your black identity or didn't see it as a valuable, positive thing. And so I understand how someone may be drawn to the things that Tariq Nasheed is saying because Mm -hmm. Tariq Nasheed and a lot of people like Tariq Nasheed see liberation or the road to liberation as embodying whiteness right and so Tariq Nasheed is someone who sees black liberation as really just being a mimicking of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism with a black face right so if you replace white men with black men then everything is going to be gravy all you got to do is the same shit that white people be doing but everything will be fine we just want to replace that white face with a black face and that's not what we try and do here at tea with queen and j podcast we want to dismantle white supremacist patriarchal capitalism and all the systems and functions of that shit and create our own shit independent of that exactly create actual liberation for all people so he's a problem in that way and that's how we feel about that nigga and all his friends Mm -hmm. dr boyce watkins fucking judge joe brown there's also a haven oftentimes i just mentioned him because they were at the fucking foundational black american conference in atlanta where they gathered in an actual fucking uh, fucking convention center so they had a super spreader event while we're in a (laughs) pandemic that has been very tragic and deadly for black people Mm -hmm. that's what they did right that happened yeah those spaces are often in wakanda because i like to make fun of atlanta being in wakanda (laughs) So Elena is here for us. Anyway, um, (laughs) those spaces are often also a haven for transphobia, homophobia, like we said before, misogynoir. It is very black people. We know it's ableist. Women are white. It's ableist. It's very exclusive it's very black means this one kind of thing and this one kind of person and that's whose life matters it's not all black lives matter and that's why we don't fuck with it so yeah for anyone to even ever come to me with did you see this Tariq Nasheed thing like I don't fuck with Tariq Nasheed like you might as well send me some shit from Trump Exactly. Fuck with it. it's, it's that violent to us. Yes. It is that violent. I don't violent fuck to with us. it. I don't care what he said. Of course, he said something ridiculous, and there's a population of people, a population of black people that fuck with this. Mm-hmm. I don't fuck with this. I don't fuck with that. I don't really fuck with them. You know what I'm saying? So that's really what it is. And I understand, like I said before, I understand that for some people, this is just a step in their journey to liberation. Because again, a lot of people are just learning that it's okay to say black out loud. It's okay to be a black person. Like it's a, it's a journey coming into your blackness 
for a lot of people. And a lot of times, because we talk about dismantling white supremacy, they I think that people hear other black people say white supremacy and they think we're having the same conversation. Yes. And we are not. We're not. We want to, like we say all of, every episode, we want to dismantle white supremacy. Mm-hmm. We don't want to mimic it. We don't want to replicate it. That's not what we want to do. And that mm-hmm. is what Tariq Nasheed does, you right. know, basically. Other language that we want to talk about that this letter brought up is foundational black American and regular black I kind of want to talk about. So foundational black Americans are described as an American born black person who's descended from Africans who were forced to America via slavery, who built this country. This is actually a definition that I pulled from Urban Dictionary because there's not a lot of there are a lot of articles on this, but it's not a lot of like this is what this means kind of thing. Yeah. And it may have just like we literally just heard this phrase starting last week. This yeah, um, this language is actually fairly new. Tariq yeah. Nasheed coined this term fairly recently, um, and there's nothing wrong with the newness of it. I'm just saying this is yeah, just, the this, timeline. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, could also refer to the fact that African slash Black people have been in America prior to slavery. Examples include the Olmecs, the human remains of Luzia, the Malians who have visited America, etc. The term was coined by Tariq Nasheed, while the term ADOS was coined by Yvette Carnell and Antonio Moore. ADOS is American descendants of slavery. So mm-hmm. I believe that Tariq Nasheed, who had, I have heard him use the term ADOS and kind of be a champion of that. But I believe, it seems like to my understanding that Tariq Nasheed coined the term foundation of black American to signify a difference between his movement and what's happening and with other, ADOS. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Because ADOS also aligns itself with the political movement to seek reparations for yeah. American descendants of slavery. While Tariq Nasheed claims that foundational black American is more of an identifier term and it's nonpartisan, right? Yeah. So that you can you can be a whole Republican and still still be a identify right as yeah. a foundational black American when if you are usually if you're talking about reparations and shit like that. Um, well, he has re- this whole thing is gobbledygook because he has reparation conversation <laughs> in his foundational Black American agenda. Which how you have an agenda if you're trying to tell me you're not? It really political. just sounds like he just wants to differentiate so he can be like this is mine. This yes, he wants to yeah, say this is mine. That's really. what it seems like for me to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Right. Okay. So both of these terms, right? Mm-hmm. While I understand the draw to identifying and differentiating. Your diasporic lineage, yes, as a black person, right? Because we are a fucking diasporatical people. Yeah, we are. You could be any kind of black person from all over the world. So I understand the draw for people to say that I am a black person who was descended from Africans enslaved in America. I understand that the United States specifically. Yes, I understand Mm -hmm. that. And there is culture tied to that. There's an experience Mm -hmm. tied to that. I see the value in all of that shit. I get it. We are both of that experience while also having lineage in the Caribbean and shit like Mm -hmm. that. But we are direct lines and direct descendants of Africans who were enslaved in America. Right. Mm -hmm. Just to give some context as to who we are and where we're coming from in this conversation. So I understand the importance of that. Unfortunately, when we start talking about ADOS, when we start mm-hmm. talking about FBA, foundational, yeah. foundational Black Americans, unfortunately, that the definition of that is also tied to these niggas. 
right? It's also tied to the Tariq Nasheeds of the world. It's also tied to politics that are often homophobic, transphobic, exclusionary, and only yeah. for a certain kind of black people. And it removes a lot of nuance. Yes. So much nuance is removed. It conflates so many things. It conflates a lot of shit. It conflates that, but it also reduces our identity to our interaction with white people, if you really right. think about it, too. And right. it's like, who are we centering when we tell our stories and when we speak of ourselves? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, mm-hmm. I am a descendant of slavery, but there's also other things that yeah. I would for me would much rather identify my makeup with you know you, you know what yeah. i'm saying like i don't i don't want to reduce my lineage just to my interactions with white supremacy and mm-hmm. the birth of my interactions with white supremacy like mm-hmm. within that they are also centering this is where i started in a way and it's okay. like no i was someone before that as well mm-hmm. you know so that's why i generally don't like those kinds of conversations you know right Right. Yeah. yeah. My my issue is the conflating. It conflates mm-hmm. so many things because our experience with race, identity, ethnicity is dynamic. Yes. It's dynamic. It's broad. Mm-hmm. It means different things in different contexts. Yeah. It's so much shit to it that it's not as simple as the ways in which these groups who use this language in this particular way. It is not as simple as that. And I feel, and when I say these groups who use this language, I just want to be mm-hmm. clear that I'm talking about the way that Tariq Nasheed intended foundational yes. black American to be used and the ways mm-hmm. in which ADOS is often used. Because I also want to acknowledge that because of what these terms claim to mean, there are yeah. people who use this language who don't ascribe to the transphobia, homophobia, um, and all the negative things that are exactly. foundational to these to these terms. Exactly. There yes, are people who agree. identify as ADOS. I have used that language to describe that, yeah, that is that is my lineage and background or whatever. But I'm not ADOS gang. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like it's I, different. I it's it's politics associated with it. Right. Yeah. I was okay with it as an identifier. Mm-hmm. As far as us, let's have a diasporatical room and there's ways to just right. kind of just identify where in a diaspora I fit. Mm-hmm. Sure. But then when all the other stuff entered the space, I was like, whoa, whoa, right. whoa. Right. Like <laughs> when Ice Cube. The, who let that in? Right. Yeah. When Ice Cube said that he created this plan and he's talking to Trump about his plan and that he worked with ADOS to write this plan and get it. This is why yeah. it was exclusive of black, black women, women. Why it did not include trans yeah, trans yeah. folks. Why it didn't include the LGBTQIA community as a, as a yes. whole. Like the reasons that this was so exclusionary was a part of because he conferred with ADOS, ADOS. which is yeah. not about that all black lives matter life. Yes. So the the mm-hmm. language I think that the the terms make sense. I think that there is something to being an American descendant of slaves. I think that there is something to being a quote unquote foundational black American, some some again, an American descendant of slaves. I, the the words itself I get, but unfortunately, being so close in time yeah. to the origins of these phrases and and so connected to what they were intended to mean politically is fucking awkward. And that's why Mm -hmm. I don't really bang with it. That's what upsets us. That's the part. It's upsetting me and my homegirl. And the term regular blacks. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit too, because I think Mm -hmm. that I have a few different feelings about that terminology. One, I get it. I think it's fine. Sometimes I think it's funny. Sometimes it's affirming 
to say because mm-hmm. I feel like there are people who believe that if you are a descendant of Africans who were enslaved in the U.S., that you have no culture, that you are not yes. valuable, that you don't know who you mm-hmm. are, that you don't know where you're from, that you don't have fucking foods that are important and unique to your history, that you don't have fucking traditions, that da 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 right? That there's no spice to your life. So when people ask you where you're from or when people assume that you are from here, it's that you're a regular black. And then there are, you know, people who are more exotic, people who are from the Caribbean, black people who are from the continent or whatever, that there's more, hold more weight or more value or whatever. So I think sometimes the term regular black is an affirming term. Like I don't have any spice. I'm regular black. I'm proud of being regular black. And then sometimes I think Mm -hmm. people use that term in a way that I think is often misguided because the term itself is like, well, what, what, what is a regular black? What does that mean? So mm-hmm. I don't know. You have thoughts on that term? I usually use the term regular black when I'm trying to make other people in the diaspora uncomfortable because yes. they've made me uncomfortable because I'm a black American. Right. Um. So like usually when I'm in a space and I don't know, because my mom raised, my parents raised a decent person, like I have manners or something, mm-hmm. and then they just assume, like, oh, um, are you Caribbean? Or, like, right. usually when I'm doing something good mm-hmm. in the eyes of white supremacy, usually when mm-hmm. I'm doing something not barbaric or whatever, right. then it's like, or I say something smart, mm-hmm. <laughs> or I wear the wig with the curl pattern that's more defined or right. shit like that. It's as if they want to figure out why they like me. Mm-hmm. or why they feel comfortable mm-hmm. or why you know whatever so then that's when that question of where are you, where are you from are you from the Caribbean or did I? and I'm like no I'm regular black mm-hmm. once I'm like no nope, you actually feel comfortable around a regular black ass right. bitch so that's usually how I use that I only do it amongst black people too like that's Same. not something that I'm doing outside mm-hmm. a family mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying but that's how I use that to create discomfort because, like, you are trying to look for ways and reasons why you like me, honestly. And I'm not talking about desirability as far as, like, liking me romantically. Just Mm -hmm. even on a, like, person-to-person level. I don't think you're a nigger, even though I'm also a black person. Exactly. I don't think you're a nigger. What's that about? Yeah. Wow, I feel safe. And whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. What? You you lived in the Bronx your whole life? What? Your Mm -hmm. mom is from Harlem? (laughs) Like, yes regular so that's how i use that when i say i'm regular black to mm-hmm. make them realize how silly they sound mm-hmm. trying to justify them not being honestly scared of me or mm-hmm. to justify their comfort with me and shit like that right so that's how i use the regular black phrase mm-hmm. and just a note in the years that we have been doing this podcast and in the years that we have been on the internet we have yeah. learned a lot about you niggas and Black people around the country and around the globe, but I I, I want to say around the country right now, we honestly, all of us have a different understanding of blackness. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this, mm-hmm. this, these like explanatory commas and this digging that we're doing into this is not for white people. Like we're, we're talking to other black people because yeah. we want to just kind of affirm where we're coming from in this conversation and the different ways in which black people think about blackness, like for each other. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because every day on the internet, you see a new nigga saying some shit that they, (laughs) they affirm is the black standard of how we all think. And you know, it's black people who be like, wait, what? What? Well, somebody says something and I'm looking like, who are your parents? I know we all have black parents. You black American, I'm black American. But what the fuck are you talking about, fam? It's like the only thing we have in common is our abuse. 
And then yes. everything else is like nuance and different right. and whatever. Right. Right. All the time. Right. Yes. Yeah. So when we mm-hmm. talk about when we talk about like this, it's not to explain to white people all of our like secret black coding and shit but we really are talking to each other about like the ways in which we see each other and shit see each other and talk about each other right so there was that language in the letter that i thought was interesting and worth talking about so like i said a lot of shit gets conflated in these conversations right so what is race what is identity what is ethnicity? How yes. we're treated as African descended people with African features versus how we're treated differently depending on our ethnicity as black mm-hmm. people. Yeah. What African American or black culture is, who quote unquote deserves what and what that yes. shit is based on. And a lot of people make all of that shit one conversation when it's not one conversation. It's not. It's layered. It's layered yeah. as fuck. I think there are times when us as black people around the globe feel connected to each other around the globe. Mm -hmm. I think there is a connection for those of us who are displaced. Yeah. African people. I think we have a connection around the globe. Like I think that there is something unifying for those of us who are part of the transatlantic slave trade, which includes the Caribbean, which includes like, can you say that again? Cause people forget that chattel slavery includes the Caribbean. There's so many times where I see people talk about like eight ADOS conversations, or right. um, let's say we're talking about, I'm going to just say Kamala for the sake of this conversation, right, Kamala. but like, Kamala, oh, thank don't you. get Come, oh, don't, oh shit. I don't want to oh, have snap. to, let Fight me nobody back. on the internet. Let me doll that back. Careful. But also, side, sidebar real quick. <laughs> sidebar real quick. We okay. both know it's fucking Kamala, okay? I do a podcast with my homegirl. I'm not going to fucking correct my homegirl every time she say Kamala. And she not about, or, or Kamala. And she not going to correct me every single time we do it. We consume a lot of media. We make a lot of media. We are going to say Kamala Harris more than you will ever say it in your entire fucking life. I'm going to say this also. Me saying her name wrong is not the same as a white person saying their name wrong. And you need to understand that. It's it's a different thing. It's a completely different thing. And I feel that when we're having these conversations with each other, we can use a different tone versus... I, I will say Kamala wrong, right? I have mm-hmm. a lip piercing and I have a little lips. I'm going to say her word wrong. Right. I'm, I'm going to say her name wrong. I am, right? But there's a different way that you will correct me versus how you will correct that white person over there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, I just want to, you know, put that into the chat. We don't mind being corrected on the internet. If you all haven't gathered, wrong. somebody corrected us on the internet. And um, that's cool. Just talk to me nice as well. I ain't like that. Don't be talking to my friends like that. But anyway, right? Anyway, so, yeah. Kamala. So Kamala, mm-hmm. right? Her dad is Jamaican. And mm-hmm. I saw someone who was like, oh, I never thought about the fact that her dad isn't a descendant of chattel slavery. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Mm -hmm. Jamaicans are descendants of chattel slavery. And I think that when we have these conversations about the enslavement of black people in the Americas and in the Caribbean, like, we only, we are are race, Latin America, we are race, like, people are talking about people just within the United States not Mm -hmm. understanding or fully expressing that no, Chattel slavery affected black people in Caribbean and Latin America and all that. I, I just don't like when I see that. Yeah. Where it's like, they're not a descendant of, of enslaved people. Yes, they are. Yeah. It's fucking weird. They are. It's fucking weird, bro. I don't understand that. It's weird. It's strange. And this is what I was talking about, nuance. Like, I think that it is okay 
that we understand and acknowledge that there are differences culturally in our experiences within the 50 states, right, mm-hmm. of America yes. versus the mm-hmm. experiences of people in the Caribbean, in Latin America. Like, it's okay that we acknowledge our cultural differences as Black people yes. growing up in these different parts of the globe, right? Yeah. However, a part of that nuance is... Us here, over here, who's not in the UK, who's not like growing up as black people in Europe, we who grew up as descendants of the transatlantic motherfucking slave trade, we have a unified and connected Mm -hmm. experience. Exactly. And similarities in culture because of it. The reasons why initially, um, before I think understanding exactly the evil people person that some of this language foundational black americans or whatever come from is yeah there's comfort in that language because yeah i am a descendant of people who were enslaved here in the u.s and i value our traditions i value our food i value our customs i value our fucking hoodoo i value our rituals as black american people i value that shit yeah we were actually in a clubhouse the other day where somebody was talking about feeling like they don't have culture as a black American person. And I really feel sad for people who are black American who feel that way. And I think that there are a lot of people who feel that way, but I also feel like there are a lot Mm -hmm. of people, a lot of black Americans who understand that we do have a culture. Our culture is valuable as fuck. It is not the culture that we had when we were stolen from the continent, it's not that. Mm-hmm. It's not that. That's not what it is. There, is there something lost there? Sure. Do I not have the luxury of saying that I am from this particular home country where my family was damn near burst out the ground? Like, this is our land and shit? Yeah, no, I don't have that luxury. And that matters. And that's a thing. Mm-hmm. But to say that I have no culture, to say that I have no home, to say that I don't belong anywhere or feeling like this blowing thing in the wind, to me, really discredits who we are as a people, what we have as a people. And I think it's one of those things that shows up in our everyday conversations, because it's not just people from other places throughout the diaspora who think that black americans are niggers there are fucking black americans who think that black americans Mm -hmm. are niggers you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like because of that feeling of thinking that we don't have a culture because the white people here have fucking told us our whole fucking lives your culture is not valuable. we're gonna steal it we're gonna take it we're gonna use it we're gonna profit off of it but your culture is not valuable your culture is not good you're not good you don't have anything you don't belong to anyone or anywhere why would you want to leave us and not do what we tell you to do because you don't have any home you don't have anywhere to go anyway so that that narrative is so embedded in white supremacy exactly and there are people who own that as like i don't have anything and like if you don't have agent, any tradition you're an agent of white supremacy if you keep telling that story and right. perpetuating that thing and right. feeding into that whole narrative mm-hmm. you you are an agent of white supremacy like mm-hmm. you're keeping that shit alive you know yeah yeah the acknowledgement of being a black american person who has a specific unique and valuable black american culture does yes. not change the fact that we okay. are connected to other motherfuckers throughout the transatlantic slave trade who experienced that who are descendants of that who many of us came from the same fucking countries you know what drives me up a wall Mm -hmm. 
just jumped in my head. Mm-hmm. So we talk about us in the, Amer- in the United States and how we were stolen. Do you think mm-hmm. it's not traumatizing to be from a place where your family was taken mm-hmm. as well? You know, like I, I, I don't understand how we mm-hmm. can center once this one side of the conversation. Right. Like there's trauma there where you yeah. were living your life and having your own shit and having your own culture. Then all of a sudden, all your kids are just gone. Mm-hmm. Think there's no trauma in that too? Right, 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 right. Ugh. right. The dismissal, I think, of shared experiences. Mm-hmm. I think that these movements often dismiss yes. the fact that we have shared experiences yes. as black people throughout the globe. Yes. That we have shared experiences because of what we experience as African descended people with African features, right? So yeah. we experience trauma because of that and have a shared experience and bond because of mm-hmm. that. Yes. White people and their bullshit aside, trauma aside, we also have a shared experience because we come from the same fucking place. Yeah, we also are in different countries making similar foods out of different shit because we came yeah. from the same place and we learned how to adjust to where we were. Okay. Yes. I think that these movements often are dismissive of that mm-hmm. connection that we have. Like I feel like there's yep. a way to acknowledge, respect and celebrate our differences while also acknowledging, respecting and celebrate our similarities. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, the other piece yeah. of this is that there's a time and place for everything. And I've said it on this podcast before. It's certain conversations that I be online seeing people who are not from people who are not black Americans, like are not descendants of slaves in the U S involved and inserting themselves in conversations that don't have nothing to do with them it's It's a time and place yes it's a time for you to just listen just listen not to talk just listen and i and i do think that because white supremacy has taught us that black american or african-american if that's the language you're more comfortable with does not Mm -hmm. have a culture does not have a unique cultural experience and it's not valuable i think that that has to do with why a lot of folks who are um, not descended from Africans here in the U.S. feel like they can talk over my culture, talk over exactly. me, insert themselves in conversations where they don't have they any have business to, to do with them. Not listening to us at all mm-hmm. because we don't matter and because there is a feeling of ownership of if you're black here, if you live here, regardless to what country you're from, right? Regardless mm-hmm. to where your parents are from, if you are a black person living in America, then you have some ownership and claim and agency to my culture as a black American descended from Africans here in the U.S. Yeah. And then I think it also shows that the world does treat us different because why do you yeah. even feel that you can take up space in that way? Yes. Because the world has usually allowed you to take up space in that way because that foreignness from right. being a U.S. Black American makes you something else, make you something better and all of that other stuff. So yes. that's why they're usually comfortable in taking up space right. in that way. You know? And there is a space for that conversation. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And yep. so we were in a clubhouse uh, we were on the Clubhouse app or whatever in some room where they were talking about this and somebody was going hard on the foundational black American thing. And honestly, he said a lot of things that made sense to me. Yeah. He said mm-hmm. a lot of things that made sense to me. That doesn't change the fact that there are high key problems with Within a group that. that is exclusionary of black people and that is not about all black lives mattering. You know what I'm saying? Yes, it doesn't change exactly. that. It doesn't change the fact that some of what he was saying lacked nuance. Then yes. some other lack nuancing having motherfucker showed up yes. and was like, no, we're all black. We're all included. We're all. This was somebody who identified 
their culture as one of being from the continent. She mentioned what country she was from and all the value yes. and all the cuteness and nuance mm-hmm. and spice of that. And then I think she was also, was also black American. And then on that side, it was like, everybody's welcome. We're all one. We're all this. We're all that or whatever. And it's like, we are conflating so much shit right now because yes, we are all exactly. black people. However, also in addition to motherfucker, my experience and my culture, my black Americanness is just as culturally valuable and rich as, as your fucking culture being from whatever other place outside of the US that your black people are from. Exactly. So that's that's yes. really What's happening, I feel like, in all these conversations is that we are conflating so much shit. And then you have people online who want to define blackness in these really narrow terms because we're not thinking about all of these other things that actually matter in the conversation. And then also on top of that, as a third fucking 17th level and layer, some of y'all are not involved in the conversation and should shut up. A lot of y'all, actually. It's layered. It's layered. It's multi-leveled. And um, I wanted to say all of that before we got to what the actual questions were. <laughs> okay. The questions that actually matter here. So the actual question is, I'm going back to the letter now. Mm-hmm. I find it noteworthy that neither President Obama nor VP-elect Harris, Kamala Harris, is quote unquote regular black, meaning descended of Africans who were enslaved in the U.S., right? Yes. In fact... Neither have any ties to Black American history of slavery, Reconstruction, and Jim Crow. How mm-hmm. much do you think this may have affected their palatability to the American public, number one, and mm-hmm. how much more of a hurdle would it be to elect someone having concrete, quote-unquote, I'm putting concrete in quotes for myself, but mm-hmm. putting concrete connections to ancestors who were enslaved in the U.S.? What are your thoughts? I think it affects it a lot. As far as the palatability when it comes to how they appeal to white people, white America, Mm -hmm. like, you know, whatever I do think it appeals a lot because of a lot of things that we spoke about. So foreignness here in the U.S., foreignness in a black person and this Mm -hmm. particular conversation, because it's not for everything. So I just need y'all to understand that it's not for Mm -hmm. everything, does make uh, Barack Obama or a Kamala palatable because they are generally like the better blacks. So this right. kind of goes back to the conversation that Jay and I have often when we talk about British actors, black British actors, mm-hmm. and why people tend to hire them more recently because mm-hmm. they just seem safer. They seem like not. the A lot of the nigger propaganda is generally, they use it on all of us here, mm-hmm. but it's generally created and birthed from the anti-blackness of a black American. You know what I'm saying? I want to add real quick that while we're saying that foreignness in black folks has social capital here, and while we're saying, while we're talking about that in terms of President Obama and Kamala Harris, and we're talking about it in the ways in which black British actors are often preferred here in the U.S. over black American actors, we want to affirm that we are not saying that it is not challenging to be a nigger from another place in yeah, the U.S. That's we're not saying that's that shit. That's all other And we're thing. not yes. saying that, that mm-hmm. like black British actors haven't experienced oppression. And so they don't know what it's like to be black American and they can't, they shouldn't have these roles. We're not even saying that. 
We're no, not saying that you wasn't made fun of for being an immigrant kid in school. We're not fucking saying that shit. We're not saying that black Americans have not engaged in anti-blackness towards folks from other places throughout the diaspora. We're not saying any of that shit. We're specifically nope. talking about the social capital that comes from being an adult ass nigga who is not from here or who, who has parentage of folks who is not from here and mm-hmm. how that is perceived to the white majority and white supremacy, which we all are fucking victim to and yeah. enact also on one another. Okay. And we also acknowledge, <laughs> we know that black British actors are here because they have trouble getting work where they are because they're where fucking they black. Are, where they you are. get that. Exactly. We're not even yes. saying don't come here. What we're saying is there is a social capital when you are a black adult person here in the U.S. looking for work and you are not a nigger American. Yes. I've, and I've seen it. Like I had an ex who was a black British person. Yeah. And I would see when we would go out, as soon as that motherfucker would open his mouth, and that British accent slipped out of his lips. We were treated differently. Yes. We were treated differently. Yes. Like, I've seen it happen the most with him. I have dated lots of other men who were not black American folks. Mm-hmm. But he was like that, that top tier echelon of like, okay, this is like right. a different kind of black or a better kind of black. It, was, it would be different when I had like West African boyfriends. When their accent came out, they were treated like shit. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, you know, like whatever. But yes. like there is kind of like this tiered kind of system of what adheres to white supremacy. Mm-hmm. I dated a brown person from New Zealand with tattoos on his mm-hmm. face, his hands. Yes. And before he spoke, everyone assumed a certain kind of blackness or brownness of him they assumed they knew what was going to come out of his mouth and there was a certain treatment that came of that i've seen white people do it and as soon as he opened his mouth it's like oh my Open god i didn't know you were going to sound like that the treatment is different yeah. the excitement is different yep. the delight is different the accent came out yeah. yeah it was it meant mm-hmm. something different exotic more yep. valuable you're not yes. just a nigger you look like all of you, the other quote-unquote niggers here niggers. okay and tattoos on your face and tattoos on your face fam not <laughs> quote-unquote cultural looking or whatever you exactly. have regular ass nigger tattoos on your face but i'm yes. white and you sound like you're not from here and so i'm treating you like a human exactly. that's just how it goes yes. down here mm-hmm. that's just how it goes down so that's the that's the nuance that we are talking about yeah. we're not erasing the lives and story of black people who have emigrated here we know mm-hmm. that is a thing too like we totally understand that we're not erasing right. that but we do also want to acknowledge that when it comes to white supremacy and who they pick mm-hmm. and who they feel safer i'm not saying safe mm-hmm. safer around and things like that that it tends to lean that way mm-hmm. that's what we are saying that's what we're acknowledging mm-hmm. here when we speak about those things so i do kind of agree that it does make kamala um mm-hmm. barack obama those things do make them a little bit easier to take in i think right. because it's not just these niggers and yeah. if a nigger say it if a nigger Go if on. a nigger was in that space right mm-hmm. they might flip the script and they mm. might oppress, you know, like they really think that we are sitting and waiting. Black Americans mm-hmm. are sitting and waiting to enslave white people. Like they really think we're sitting and waiting right. and waiting for the opportunity to fucking flip the script and for us to be the people that they are. And that is not who we are. Mm-hmm. So I think they also feel safer to put these people in the spaces of power mm-hmm. who don't have the same histories, don't have the same stories mm-hmm. because they feel safer, because they feel less inclined to think these people will feel this particular way about 
white people also like i'm I'm fact. sure of that you know fact fact yeah fact, fact. i also want to say that we're talking also about two light-skinned people yes um, thank you yeah Let that into the chat yeah like that's the other thing about this well lighter-skinned people say that again i would say lighter-skinned people because barack is lighter but not like light-skinned you don't think barack obama is a light-skinned person he is light-skinned but he's like you still know he's black like i yes. know you're black that's right, why i'm sure. saying lighter skin because sure, the spectrum sure. is so like whatever yes, so that's yes. why i moved the language no to i agree skin. i agree i was actually thinking about that earlier because i always think about and i'll make this point as i say this uh-huh. is that people want this shit to be easy and it's not it's, it's not, not fucking yeah. this or that it's not fucking you can it, it makes any kind of sense President Barack Obama is a whole entire biracial person, yes. right? Mm-hmm. But he is still very clearly physically a descendant of African people. He's a whole yes. ass black person. He was treated in the world like a whole black person. He was treated mm-hmm. like a nigger. He is a black person. There are yes. other biracial people who have d- different experience, have a different experience because of how close or less close to quote unquote blackness or African yes. descendantness they look. And yes. both, they could have the same fucking DNA. They could have the same one parent is white and one parent one is parent black. Is but black. because of how you look physically, your experience in life can be totally it's different. Completely different. So none yep. of this shit, it's not like, oh, he's biracial, so he's not black. And da 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 There are people who look more physically black than Barack Obama and have had a different experience because of it who are also biracial as people. Because yes. that's just yep. how it works. Anything yes. can fucking happen. To that point, like this shit, you can't just say it's because of this, it's because of that. There's so many different things to this. Yeah. The other thing about this is that these are people who grew up in the U.S. And while I want to affirm what I was saying before about just because you they grew up here and were born here, so that's different. But mm-hmm. for black people who are living in the U.S. but are descendant of africans who were taken to other places other countries um Mm -hmm. who grew up outside of the u.s but then come here and have this automatic claim to black americanness for some claim when they feel like it disparage it when they feel like it again for some i'm not saying that everybody does this or whatever there is an element of like you cannot just claim this culture as your own there's also an element of there are aspects of this that are also your culture. So I understand yeah. the mm-hmm. the leaning into this because we are yes. not that fucking different. And again, yeah. that's why this shit is nuanced because there are times and places where we are all in this shit together, both mm-hmm. culturally, both fucking politically. Yeah. Um, yep. In situations that involve the way white people treat us, in situations that don't have shit to do with white people, but just that we are culturally connected because we are African descended people and we have these certain things in common culturally because of that shit. Yes. There Mm -hmm. is that time. And then there are other times when this, whatever we're talking about right now, don't have nothing to do with you. So know when you're supposed to. All of this shit is nuanced and we can't just conflate it. So there are times for me when mm-hmm. a Barack Obama or a Kamala Harris, when we are all the same kind of black people, we're connected, we're having the same conversation, this makes sense, this matters, we're all on the same page. And there are other times where that wasn't their experience because we have different lineage, parentage, whatever the fuck, and yeah. this is not yours per se. 
But I feel like in the general conversation of blackness and what they represent as elected officials who are also black, I feel like these are black people and I identify with them as black people and I appreciate them as black people. And though their light skinnedness has helped to accelerate them and, and open doors that would not be opened for other black people, for darker skinned black people, Mm -hmm. though their parents who were black, but not descended from enslaved Africans in the U S though that foreignness may have also got them into rooms and made white people feel more comfortable around them in instances where black Americans may not have been invited. And and they are American again, born here, but those Mm -hmm. descended from enslaved Africans in the U S while they have had access in ways that others may not have. They are still black people and they were not treated like white people. It's not like that ever, access ever, was like, come ever, on in, ever we're going to treat you life. like white people now. You ever have just life. as much access <laughs> as fucking white ass looking Ocasio-Cortez or whatever. Mm. Like, that's not how this works. They're still black people. <laughs> They're still treated like well, black people. I don't know. Kamala got to be VP <laughs> An Indian black VP before any white woman ever. That's my joke. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think I'll enjoy that because it's funny to me. Yeah. But that's just a joke. That's not that's not like for real things. But like, yeah, they're never white people. They were never they are white still people. Never white people. Never true. They're not like white people. White people. Like all the bullshit that President Barack Obama has dealt with is because he is black. All of this shit yeah. went down because President Obama was a black person. Trump yes. was elected into office because President Obama was a black person. And it was too Laws much. Was and changed it was scary. Because yes. Barack Obama was a black person yes. in the office. They gutted the fucking Voters Act because yeah. a black person was in a white house mm-hmm. like all of that stuff happened because of blackness mm-hmm. because of a black person in right. the space regardless of the yes. direct lineage to a person who was a descendant of slavery in the u.s right so yes i agree that they were able to achieve what they achieved because of these doors that were open to them in ways mm-hmm. that they would not have been open to for darker skinned people or from people yes who were quote-unquote regular blacks. And it's the same thing I feel about Beyonce. Beyonce is light-skinned and has certain kind of features. Yes. And if she were... Kelly Rowland. <laughs> Kelly Rowland. <laughs> Kelly right? Rowland. If she were Kelly Rowland, she probably would not be allowed to be Beyonce. Beyonce. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. That mm. does not mean that Beyonce is not a hard worker who busts her ass to get to where she is. Exactly. It's just acknowledging that somebody has had advantages and privilege because of whatever, light skin privilege, class, whatever the fuck it is, acknowledging that yeah, privilege. It doesn't, dis- it doesn't discount the work that yes. they have done to get to where they are. That it part. doesn't do that. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think that there are people who try to discount President Obama and VP-elect Harris They try to discount their hard work. They try to diminish their blackness because they are not, quote unquote, regular black. Mm -hmm. And it's just too much nuance to do that shit. Agreed. Yeah. And they're fucking black people. Can we stop this? They're fucking black. It's all different kinds of black people. They're fucking black. Fucking with a W. They're fucking black. Like enough. 
Yeah, I just find it funny that we finally have a black person with Indian in their family, and now we like they're not black. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense to me. I thought that was the go. That's why I they thought we wanted to have way? Indian in our family. Now we got mad? someone who actually got Indian in their family, Is that why and now they're not black. Let me tell you something. It's whole entire black people. It's whole entire black people who didn't acknowledge, understand, or engage with their blackness until they went to a HBCU. Okay, Kamala went to that same HBCU. Okay, maybe she did the same thing that you did when you discovered that you were black and started talking about it and learning things. All right, give it a rest. (laughs) (laughs) Give it a fucking rest, yo. Enough, enough, enough. Oh gosh. Ooh, ooh, my goodness. That was a lot. It's a lot. And that's that on that. That's how we think about it. That's how we feel. Let us know if y'all have thoughts about this shit. If y'all have thoughts on blackness, let us know what you're thinking and how you feel. Do we have to explain blackness again? Every like, fucking so week. Tired of that shit. I mean, it's, 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 yeah. I understand the need. Yeah. And that's why we do it every time. Mm-hmm. But my brain and heart is like, again? Well, there are times that we don't do it because we've been, people been asked us to talk about this ADOS shit. And yeah, we've been been avoiding this. There's been other safer ask and Mm -hmm. questions. Mm -hmm. So we felt safe with like whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, um, just understand that all of that stuff is white supremacy embedded Mm -hmm. in blackness and people are not separating that. Right. We are dismantling white Mm -hmm. supremacy on this show. Mm -hmm. We are not trying to replicate it. So. Anyone who is replicating that is not kin of ours. Right. And we don't fuck with them. We're not family. <laughs> <laughs> we don't fuck with them. Mm-hmm. Just because we're both saying white supremacy doesn't mean we are saying the, right. the same thing. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's like how when people who don't listen to this podcast, they just send me everything that has the word black in it. It's like, what? What about this made you think I would be interested in it? Just because it says black. It's like when everybody was sending me that fucking, <laughs> that black video with the girls dancing. Black, black on black, black, black on black, black. black. Like, yeah, what about this? Like what, what makes you think I enjoy dance? I don't enjoy this kind of dance. Don't send me this. Stop it. <laughs> don't send it to me. That and spoken word. Stop sending us that. We're Stop not sending me spoken word. I don't want it. <laughs> We're not those kind of blacks. We're okay. Not. Leave us alone. But yeah, I think we did a show. We did. We did a motherfucking show. Be sure to follow us on all the social medias. We're on Twitter and Instagram at T with QJ. We are on Facebook and Tumblr, T with Queen and J. Send us your T mail to T with Queen and J at gmail.com. And you can always find us on our website, T with Queen and J dot com. Yes. Hmm. We don't have a hashtag. This week's hashtag is all black lives matter, son. All right. There we go. That's the fucking hashtag. This podcast was created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Janicia and a black girl named Naima. T with Queen and Jay. We turn up responsibly. What I can offer every black woman is empathy. Just because I don't fuck with you, just because you can't come to my party and I'm not trying to go to your party and I'm not buying your books and I'm not liking your Instagram pictures. Just because that is the case does not mean that I want you to want you to have to endure violence, sexist, misogynistic, class-based violence. Like, I don't want that for you. I want you to be over there while you're not enduring misogynoir. You can't come over. You can't sit with me. <laughs> okay. I don't need that. Because um, some people just have horrible, nasty, fucked up energy.